You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 22. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. I'm so excited to share with you my conversation today with Nicole Caruso, who is a professional makeup artist and beauty consultant, and also former beauty editor of Verily Magazine. During our conversation, Nicole shares why it's so important that we as mothers and as women maintain our sense of style throughout motherhood and why it's so important to who we are and our dignity as women. If you've been struggling with feeling or looking like yourself after becoming a mom, I think that that's something that all of us moms can really relate to because I don't know a single mom who hasn't had that struggle So Nicole shares some very practical tips on how to find your sense of style, and she's also generously given a handout that can help you kind of narrow down what your sense of style is that you can find in our show notes. One thing that I've been reflecting on since my conversation with Nicole is what exactly vanity is, because I think the idea of vanity is what holds some of us back in finding and exhibiting our sense of style. I know that it's definitely held me back in the past. And I recently looked into what the definition of vanity is just to try to narrow it down and try to pinpoint exactly what it is and how we can incorporate fashion or our sense of style into our lives without it turning into something that's vain. Merriam-Webster defines vanity as an inflated pride in oneself or one's appearance. And what I found interesting about the actual definition of vanity is that it's something that only we can determine of ourselves. It's our intent behind why we are doing something. And it also means that no one else can actually tell us whether or not we're being vain about something because that's for us to decide if whatever it is that we're doing is contributing to an inflated pride or if it's just giving us a sense of worth and dignity, which is completely appropriate And it's important to do as Nicole talks in this episode. And what I find even more fascinating is that under the true definition of vanity, an individual could actually be dressed in rags and look hideous and still be vain if them dressing in rags gives them an inflated pride in themselves. And so what I've concluded from this is that vanity actually has nothing to do with our outward appearance and what we choose to look like. In fact, it has everything to do with our intent and why we're looking a certain way. So with all that being said, I hope that this reflection on what vanity is gives you permission to say okay to your sense of style, no matter what it is. If it's athleisure, if it's just jeans and a t-shirt, if it's wearing fancy earrings in the latest fashion, or if it's even just wearing a messy mom bun or neglecting our appearance because, hey, we're moms and that's what happens sometimes. Whatever it is that gives you your sense of style and gives you your sense of being and worth and dignity, feeling a sense of worth is not vain. In fact, it's only human and something that all of us as women and mothers deserve. So with that, I hope everyone listening feels less guilt or shame if you put a little bit of effort into what you're wearing, or even if you don't. I hope every woman listening will realize and feel her sense of worth and dignity and realize that she is worthy of wearing anything that gives her a positive feeling and uplifts her mood throughout the day. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nicole and her practical tips on how to find your sense of style after becoming a mom. Before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to briefly talk about something I've been seeing in the news a lot recently, and that's children's safety online and how it relates to human trafficking. I wasn't aware until recently how human traffickers actually find their victims by looking online, especially Instagram, when kids share their location online. And so I have to Tanya Jordan here from Bark, which is an app that monitors kids' safety online and who is also today's podcast sponsor to briefly talk to us about the dangers of children and the internet. Oh, gosh. Well, (laughs) we don't have enough time to talk about all the dangers that affect all the kids on the internet. That said, with regards to human trafficking, you know, a lot of your listeners may have seen this viral post uh, recently about the mom, the 37-year-old mom that went undercover as an 11-year-old on social media. And, And what 
she found, uh, what we found uh, with that project was that these internet predators are pervasive. And even if your children have private accounts, they can still be contacted by grown men looking to not only communicate with them in inappropriate ways online, but ultimately lure them into an in real life encounter, which can then lead to human trafficking. And so it was really eye-opening for us. We thought we'd set up these this fake persona and it might take a few months for us to get some creeps. And it happened within minutes. When it Within literal minutes, grown men were looking to speak with an 11-year-old girl who was obviously 11 year old as per her bio. And, um, it was, it was disgusting and heartbreaking, but also empowering because since we published that uh, over 7 million people have read the medium piece and millions of people have watched the video on YouTube. And, um, and now we're hoping that, you know, some action will take place. Well, thank you so much again to Tanya for the invaluable service that you provide parents so that their children can be safe online. And with that, without further ado, here is my amazing conversation with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Mother Good Podcast, and thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Emily. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Well, I'm so excited to have you on because I followed you for a while now, and I just think you're one of the most fashionable moms on Instagram and also incredible fashion, too. You know, it's not like, I don't know, some of the, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the fashion Instagram posts. I'm like, oh, I could never look like that. But then yours, I'm like, okay, this is something I can aspire to. So (laughs) uh, anyway, before we dive into the fashion world and how to be a fashionable mom, could you tell us about yourself and about your life trajectory so far? Yes. So um, I currently live in Washington, D.C. with my family. I have two kids and I'm pregnant with my third, just due in a few weeks here. Um, and I started out uh, my career in, in the beauty industry and then moved into fashion. Um, and fashion was kind of more of a short-lived part of my career, um, which we can talk more about later. But um, I'm, I'm a professional makeup artist. I've done everything from weddings to editorial. I'm also one of the founding editors of Verily. I was the founding beauty editor, uh, Verily Magazine. And um, I now as a mom have kind of transitioned. So now I'm working and using my love of beauty um, as an independent consultant for Beauty Counter. And I'm also a fashion and beauty writer for my website, NicoleMCaruso.com, where I try to share, like you said, um, I really love teaching women how to make this kind of big industry of beauty and fashion, something that we can all really digest and make our own. So Um, it's something that I'm very passionate about because fashion and beauty does not need to be as complicated as the magazines and the industry tells us that it is. And a little bit about my trajectory so far, I studied media and communications in college. I was always very passionate about using, um, using media as a way to reach people. Um, I ended up actually not graduating because my husband is in the air force and we ended up on an air force assignment early in our marriage. And I was still in college. And I kind of had to make a hard decision there about which thing was more important for me at the time. And I really felt called to follow my husband to a um, assignment in Texas, which was very far from where I grew up in Connecticut, um, closer to New York City. So um, I think that that little part of our life in Texas is when I decided I needed to start a blog and really get back in touch with what I loved about style and fashion and beauty, because I wasn't finding it there. And I was missing it so much. Um, and then from there, that was when I just realized like, this is, this is my passion. This is what I love sharing with women. Um, and, and as we returned back to the East coast and back to New York, that was when I started working, um, in, I worked for two different fashion houses. One was an American designer and one was an Italian designer. And, um, that was a very, very interesting kind of like (laughs) threw myself right into the, the fashion world and it is a world and it is definitely um, something that I had always dreamed of doing going backstage at New York Fashion Week, seeing all the models, seeing how the industry works from the inside out. And I quickly realized that as much as I love the romantic version of fashion and style, um, the industry itself was not a place where I was feeling at home. So that was when I transitioned back to makeup and um, really started working one-on-one with clients and kind of hearing their needs and seeing that there was a big piece missing from 
what the industry puts out there and what women were actually feeling when they were putting on makeup or or what their stories were behind the makeup. There's always a story. And I love uncovering that and kind of helping people to find out what is what's going to work for me. What's going to what's going to take this kind of block that I have about wearing red lipstick and and why is that and and do I really want to wear it and how can how can I incorporate it in a way that's really authentic to me? So that's when I think my um, sort of love of celebrating authentic womanhood and also this love of personal style and makeup and beauty kind of started to come together. Um, so that was sort of the beginning of everything. So when did you start Verily? I know you mentioned that. And then how did that relate to your jobs in fashion? Did, did working and starting Verily kind of come after working in the fashion world for the, the two fashion houses that you mentioned? And then also, what was it like <laughs> to, I guess, like, what, what was your job where you're like styling people or, or what, it, what did it look like when you were when you were working in that industry? I just find that fascinating. Yeah. So both jobs that I had were temporary positions um, because that's kind of how fashion works. They sort of let you get a little sneak peek (laughs) before they commit to you. And it's very much about who you know. Um, So my first job was a connection of a friend of a friend. um, And my job there was to work with the sales team. So we had a beautiful showroom um, right in the heart of the fashion industry in New York City. And um, we would have clients come in from all different uh, sales accounts. So whether they were boutiques or department stores, they would come in and see each line as it came into our studio and they would choose which, which pieces they were buying. So we had models that would come and try things on. We had the whole collection and I was responsible for making sure we had every piece in the collection, making sure they looked perfect. So steaming and making sure the seams were all well done. And, um, and also just making sure that those samples that were being sent out to magazines and things were coming back into the studio, into the um, showroom. So it was a wonderful experience because I got not only to see what it was like to be a fashion buyer who was coming in and wanting to actually purchase the clothes, but I also got to go to some of the department stores and merchandise and see how they train employees um, at stores like Macy's or Saks and um, how they talk about the clothing to them to get them excited about selling it. So it was a very kind of hands-on experience. Um, and then as far as how Verily came into it, it was actually really funny. I was working um, at that time for the international fashion brand um, that was on Fifth Avenue in New York. And I was truly having a difficult experience. It was kind of the classic story that you hear of like Devil Wears Prada. Um, I had this boss that on one day would treat me so well And then on the next day, she was just enraged about something and I would get the complete brunt of it. Um, And I was doing everything from, you know, calling, (laughs) this will make you laugh. I was doing everything from calling um, her junk mail and telling them to stop sending her junk mail because she didn't believe in wasting paper to doing sales figures projections for the coming year. (laughs) Um, you know, throwing out her dead flowers and making sure that we had uh, a Bergdorf meeting all set. So it was just, it was a little bit of everything. Um, (laughs) Yes. And I think one day I just looked at myself and thought, is that the person I'm trying to become? I'm in this industry. I love clothing. I love the whole idea of just creating these magical romantic experiences for people who are shopping for these clothes and bringing them into their lives and creating their story with these clothes. But in order to get to the level of creating any influence, my boss was um, just not the woman that I was hoping to be. And so I had to really have a moment of where am I going with this? Um, Because, you know, the opportunities were there to continue, but I just thought this is just not something I feel called to do. Um, And at that time, it was just so funny. I connected with Janet Easter, um, who was the founding one of the co-founders and founding style editor of Verily. And we ended up having margaritas and chips and salsa one night (laughs) after work. And, um, and we just shared our hearts and really felt like there was a lot that I could do, um, do with Verily at the time. So um, we, we started out doing just a small photo shoot that I thought would be a blog piece. And then it turned into the first beauty piece in their very first printed issue, um, which is just so it was just such an organic, sort of growth. And um, then they invited me on as the beauty editor and we began 
publishing magazines. And it was very exciting. Um, it was just beautiful seeing the response that women were really looking for something that was much more edifying than your typical magazine at the grocery store or, you know, the pharmacy. And um, just being part of that was really special. And we definitely led the forefront on not retouching images and using models that were normal size women, you know, just not your average quote unquote model size, sample size model. Um, and really trying to celebrate that. And now that's everywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm not advertising for a company, but my favorite store used to be Express. I say used to be because I haven't really enjoyed shopping there recently, but um, I, I'm so surprised to see even if it, at Express, they used to have just super skinny models and now you can like pick the model size. And I've noticed a lot of other companies start have started to do that too, which is awesome. Yes. Like Darling Magazine caught on and, and did a no Photoshop policy after we did. And then now we're seeing it everywhere because it became so extreme that the ideal, you know, quote unquote, ideal woman we were seeing wasn't representing any of us. So it was just like, okay, where am I in this? Uh, where am I in fashion? Where am I in style? So we wanted to really change that conversation. And I think, you know, it was just really fun being part of that. So you really are constantly proving yourself. And my, I mean, I was a toothpick. I lost so much weight just from the fact that like I was running around all day and um, not, you know, eating healthy meals, not sleeping enough. I was working, you know, between 60 and 80 hours every week, no weekends off. And if I wanted to continue and kind of make a name for yourself, as they say, um, then I would have had to keep doing that. And, and at the time I was, you know, married and I'm like, <laughs> I don't see my husband. I feel like he's my roommate. Like he makes me lunch and like, you know, he, <laughs> we, we like high five at the end of the day and, and we're both passing out. And I'm like, this is just not how I envisioned my marriage. Um, there were just a lot of factors that I realized I can, I can share my love of beauty and, and fashion and personal style with women and do it in a different way. So I think that was when I kind of scaled back and said, time to make a change um, and really, really trying to kind of refocus and say, okay, I have these desires, I have these, these passions, but I don't have to do it in that sort of traditional sense. I can, I can do this in a way that maybe reaches people differently, but still creates an impact. On that note, that's the perfect transition to talk about how moms can be fashionable and how you believe that moms can be fashionable. Um, I know that one of my biggest fears when I became a mom was, quote, looking like a mom. I know that kind of sounds funny, but... Mm. I, you know, everyone that I personally knew pretty much when they were single, they always looked so put together and refreshed and whatnot. And then once they became mom, it was just, you know, oversized jeans. I mean, if that's your style, that's great. You know, I, I, when I'm giving examples, I'm not trying to bash on anyone's style, but that, that wasn't my style, you know, just t-shirts and jeans and hair pulled back and no makeup and everything. Um, and, and I was so terrified of that. And so once I had my daughter, uh, a little over two years ago, I put so much effort into trying not to look that way. Um, but anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts on how to balance looking good, but then at the same time, you know, you don't want to be too vain about it. Um, I know that there's always that, that issue too. So how, I guess, how do you balance it? What are your recommendations for moms how do you think it's important or, or why do you think that it's important that moms not lose their sense of style? And then what, what should they look like? Sure, sure. Well, I think a good place to start is really um, just something that I've been really super passionate about, which is taking time um, to invest in your self-worth, to invest in your style. I think when you use that word, you realize that you're putting, that you're taking a risk. So when you make an investment with finances, you're, you're putting something that you could have used for something else toward this greater good. And I think it's important for us as women and as moms to think of it like this, because um, all of us have a life before motherhood. And um, whether we were working as a teacher or with finance or in style or, you know, all the things that we can do before becoming a mother... Um, and then we become a mother and suddenly we are immersed in motherhood and we kind of go from 
zero to 60, right? Like you bring that baby home from the, from the hospital and all of a sudden you are caring for this little person. And so you sort of have to, you're in survival mode. And I think when you're in survival mode, of course, we don't necessarily have time to do the same things we would do before that. But I think once we get a hang of what we're doing, and I think once that postpartum um, period kind of starts to settle and we feel more at peace and we feel like we can, we can really do this and we have a little bit more confidence in our ability um, and a little bit more of a groove with our, with our baby, I think it's important for us to take time then to sit and think about our identity and our worthiness. And I think a lot of times it's so easy to say, well, that was my old life and this is now, and I'm not going to wear, you know, high heels and a blazer anymore. And I'm not going to wear a tailored pair of pants anymore because they're just going to get dirty and I'm just going to get spit up on it. And and I'm not telling you, you have to wear dry cleaning to take care of your baby. Um, But I think having elements of what we loved in our clothing before becoming a mom and incorporating that into our daily life in this kind of new journey, um, because it is so important because we're still that person, you know, we're, we're still maybe the girl who loves to wear red lipstick on occasion, or maybe we love a great pair of denim or we love a, a crisp white shirt or just some fun earrings and beautiful, you know, jewelry. Everything we wear has a story. And I think if we lock all those things away and say, that was my old life, we start to disconnect from our story. And so much of style is like our experiences, our travel, our family. You know, you, you take a look at your rings and your watch and your and your shoes and you start to have all these memories and, and who they're connected to and who and how they connect to you. And I think it's so important that we maintain that and don't lose that because not only are we raising another child who we're also creating a story with, but um, having a strong identity as a woman is so important to be able to, um, I don't know, not just like feel like you're a slave to the diapers and the tantrums and cutting up snacks and all these things. Like we are still completely whole um, as a woman. And so I think I feel so passionately about sharing this with women because I've just noticed that once we do take a little bit of time for ourselves, it's, it's just, it's a mood lift. It's a, it's a, it's a moment of reinvigoration of, yes, this is who I am. I feel great. It's like that, you know, we all have that feeling when we're wearing an outfit we really like, or we, we get dressed up a little bit to go on a date with our husband. And we're like, yes, this is me. I love this. this I feel so good. And why not give us, give ourselves um, the space to do that when we're home with our kids, because they really deserve the best of us too. And I think it's so easy when you go day after day in sweats and pajamas, and you feel like your hair's greasy and your skin's all over the place. And you just keep catching glimpses of yourself in the mirror and going, Oh my gosh, is this my life now? (laughs) Um, You know, and, and wanting to kind of get back in touch with that, but not knowing how. So um, I think, you know, we don't want to lose our sense of style, but we also want to be practical. So I think it's, it's important that we can kind of say, okay, let me look at my closet and see those things that I loved before. And of course, like as moms, sometimes our clothes don't fit the same way they did before. And that's okay. Um, I think it's important just to look at the things we did love and look at the things that did inspire us and say, what do I, why did I feel so confident in that? And how can I sort of take that and bring it into my new life? And if it was a blazer that doesn't fit, but you love wearing blazers, go find a blazer that fits and wear it and feel proud. Or if it's this pair of high-waisted jeans, like same thing. Like I think bringing those elements back into your new life um, as a mom, just so that you can feel in touch with who you are. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and, and washing machines are great for getting spit up out of, <laughs> out of clothes um, and, and stain removers and things like that. When you were talking about wearing a certain outfit in it, it lifting your mood and then you just feeling like who you are, you know, ultimately when you were saying that, that, that to me at least sounds like it would make you a better mom as well. You know, if your children see you living your life and feeling as if your life is, you know, you're reaching your full potential and motherhood that obviously that's going to, you know, translate into your children seeing you as a, as a happier mom, at least it it seems like it, it would. Um, that, that also reminds me a little bit about your hashtag worthy of wearing, which I really love that, that you started and I've followed 
uh, some of it, some of it myself, even though I'm pretty bad about posting on social media about it. Uh, but t- tell us about your hashtag, uh, because I, I really like that you encourage people to dig into your, their closets and, you know, kind of wear the pieces that they would maybe only wear on special occasions or whatnot. So what, what is your hashtag and what, what inspired you to create it? So, um, worthy of wearing is the, is the hashtag I started because it was kind of born out of, um, out of my motherhood journey. Truthfully, I became a mom. And then not long after it was in my daughter's first year, um, of life that I got a really horrible bout of food poisoning that turned into an autoimmune disease that turned into a Lyme tick. It was like the, (laughs) the snowball kept getting, bigger and bigger and bigger. And my health was, um, was a very large obstacle, um, at that time. And because of that, and, and, you know, and I think we all have our own story, whether it's with postpartum depression or whether it's with losing someone, there's always something that kind of happens. Um, and then you start to really question everything you're doing. And for me, I was in that survival mode period of, I need to take care of my daughter and I need to get better. Um, and so clothing and makeup and and all that stuff was basically just closed up for another day. And and that other day was years in, in the making. And so I really began to lose sight of who I was and what my talents were. And, um, and I just felt like my only, how do I say this? I, I, I felt like I was, um, I couldn't see myself anymore. I couldn't see who I was anymore. I was just this person caring for this little person and just trying to get through the day. We're taking a quick break to once again, chat with Titania from Bark. Titania, thank you so much again for your sponsorship of this episode. And could you tell us more about Bark and why it's such an effective tool for monitoring kids online and why it's more effective than looking over your kid's shoulder? Oh gosh. Thank you so much for having me. And to all of you listening, thank you for your time Um, because nobody (laughs) has any of it anymore. And let's get right to the heart of it, which is the fact that our kids are able to access the internet and the world, and the world's able to access them. And they're spending hours a day online, my son included, so not judging. Um, But what I am here to do is to tell you just how pervasive these dangers are and how if you are just going to spot check your child's device or if you think you walk by and you see them watching cartoons on YouTube, you're good. Um, you need to think again because creepy, deranged people will insert inappropriate things into seemingly innocuous pieces of content. Um, and kids, as they get older, they're smart. They're going to know how to delete things and hide things in vault apps before you even have a chance to spot check the device. And so enter Bark, which is technology that keeps your kids safer online and in real life. Um, the reason it's called Bark is because much like, you know, if you have a dog, the family dog barks when a stranger approaches your house, Bark, the tech, will alert you as a parent or caregiver when dangers encounter your children online. I love the name that you chose for your app. It's so perfect. Well, thanks again so much for your sponsorship and for all the information that you shared and for all the work that you do to protect kids online. And um, I think as I, my health improved, I began to see that I had created all of these rules for myself with my clothing, with my makeup, and, um, and I didn't realize I was doing it. So um, what I started to do was get out those earrings, get out that sparkly eyeshadow, put on those shoes, and just try it. Even though I was home with her all day, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I would just put on red lip or put on a really funky pair of earrings. And I noticed that small little action was giving me joy. And, you know, you can do all of the things to, to, you know, work on your heart and work on your personal development, but something really small like that, just having a little bit of beauty in my day was a mood lifter for me. And I just thought, gosh, you know, I can't be the only one feeling like this. So, um, about a year or so ago, I, I wanted to talk about this more openly on social media. So I started talking about it on Instagram and I noticed a lot of other people were feeling the same way. We all have those things in our closet that, um, they're just, they're too good. They're too good for today. Today's Tuesday. I can't wear that top. It's just, it's too nice. I have to save it for that, you know, 
that occasion in the future sometime. And, um, and there's that old phrase of like, why waste a good outfit on a day that you're home? Or there's some kind of phrase like that, that goes around out there. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, so when you have all these rules about what's okay to wear on a Tuesday, or, you know, is it okay to wear a red lip or is it okay to, to wear some fun earrings, even though I'm a stay at home mom, and I'm just going to be, you know, changing diapers and doing dishes and chores all day. Um, if we start to see those things as sort of untouchable, uh, then it's like, well, first of all, A, why do we have it in our house? It's just taking up space. And then B, what is that saying about how we think about ourselves? So I wanted Worthy of Wearing to be a movement where we could all um, really reflect on our style, not necessarily a specific style, and start to celebrate ourselves and the things that we love and bring some beauty into our daily life and allow ourselves to kind of relish in that and see how that can change our day to day. So um, for, you know, for the month of February, I decided to do a challenge and see if everyone would join in. And, and it's been really amazing to see that, it, you know, that it's, it's not just me. <laughs> There's a lot of other people out there that do the same thing. And when we do take the time, you know, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes in the morning, just to throw on some makeup or put on a pair of jeans instead of sweatpants, it really can kind of change the trajectory of our day, um, because you feel like you took that little extra time for yourself to get in touch with um, something that makes you feel beautiful. And I think women do want to feel beautiful, whether we are doing, you know, stay-at-home mom or working outside the home or a combination of all of those combined. Um, we want to feel in touch with our inherent femininity and our inherent dignity. It really is inherent in who a woman is, you know, that just longing and desire to be beautiful. I've just noticed it even in my two-year-old Kate that she now just looks in the mirror and just admires her beauty. And whenever she gets dressed up in a cute outfit, she loves checking herself out in the mirror. And it's just complete, pure innocence in her looking at herself mm -hmm. and I, that just made me realize that it's just so inherent in women and who we are. And it's, it's only as we get older, I guess, that then society kind of puts that negative pressure on us and tells us, oh, well, that's vain or don't be vain. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a vain person because <laughs> I know I know that there are. Uh, but I was just curious about what the definition of vanity was. So I, I just looked it up. It's um, from Miriam Webster. It's having or showing an undue or excessive pride in one's ex appearance or achievements. And so, it, I mean, that doesn't say mm. that you shouldn't not have pride in your appearance or not put any thought into how you look or anything. It's just undue and excessive. And another definition of it, it lists is having no real value. Um, and obviously if it's right, right. feel better, it's, it's not, it's not vain. So anyway, I guess um, just everything that you said, I completely, completely agree about, um, or I agree with um, just by witnessing how my daughter is and who she is, because she definitely loves and being beautiful. And that's, that's how we were made as women to, to look beautiful. So I, I just I love that so much. I was just going to say, I think the intention behind getting dressed every day and the intention behind worthy of wearing has to be really authentic to who we are. So, you know, if we're someone that feels really great wearing like a super sporty outfit and like a great pair of sneakers and that's how we feel in touch with who we are, we should wear that. If you're someone that feels really great in a faux fur coat with sparkly earrings, go for that. Like, I think the intention is the most important part. And then um, not holding other women to that same rubric, because we all have different stories. We all have different style. Um, and, and I think being able to celebrate where we're all at in our style journey is also really important because there should, I, I just feel like the fashion industry itself has all of the rules and they have all of the kind of shame behind, oh, you're wearing something from four years ago. That's not in style anymore. Um, like let's, let's celebrate where we're at in our journey because I have to say, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of your listeners could probably say this too. How I dress in college is not how I dress oh, now. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> My style has changed oh, over yes, the years. Yeah. And you I know? really want to get into that. 
and um, I feel like my style is changing, but, but that's so true. You know, we, we at mother good, we're a judgment free zone. And so as much as we're talking about find your fashion or find your style, there's no judgment on any mom and wherever she's at, because again, like some moms feel great in, in sweats or af, what is it called? Athleisure. I never get that right. It's like athletic. Athleisure. athleisure. Yes. Yeah. A lot of moms <laughs> feel awesome in that. And so if that's what you feel great in, then, then wear that. Um, so now that you mentioned that, I'd love to get into talking about the different fashion styles. And this is where I want to get into maybe some practical tips that you could share with moms because not all women like dressing in a similar way. So are, I guess, are there any practical categories of style that we can talk about? You know, is there like a classic mom, a funky mom, athletic mom, and then maybe we can go through the different types of styles and discuss how a mom can still stay true to her style while becoming a mom. And I know you mentioned too, that uh, you would be providing a handout in our show notes to just give some sort of guidance on that. So I'd love for you to just give those practical tips for moms trying to find their style and keep stay true to it. Yeah, I think one thing about personal style, and, and I do believe fashion and personal style are different. Um, just to kind of clarify that, I think those two categories can be so confusing. Fashion to me is the industry. And it is the fashion cycle of what's coming out and what's new and what's trendy. And I think personal style is you eternally. It's your signature. It is who you are, whether it is, you know, spring 2020 or, you know, fall 2009. Like your style is is so much part of who you are. And it doesn't mean you can't participate in trends, but I think um, just keeping that in mind of how we define personal style. Um, and then I think as far as trying to find style that resonates you, like I know we've talked before about what if you feel stuck? What if you feel like you have no idea what your style is because you've just been shopping the sale rack or you've just been following the advice of your mom or your grandma or your cousin who told you, oh, this is how you have to do it. And this is, this is the way to go. Um, I think it's really important for us to, and I think as women too, we, we always notice what other women are wearing, whether it's in a movie, someone on the street someone that we just passed, you know, at the mall or at, at Target in the parking lot. And we're like, ooh, look how she did that sweater with the shoes and the earrings. And I think we all do like a mental catalog of that. And I think if if that's, if you are in a moment in your life where you're feeling very stuck on your style, it's a very good time to kind of think, what are those like, who, who are those, mo- what are those moments in my life where I felt like, ooh, I love that. I want to like encapsulate that and bring that into my closet. Like, so, so for me, a lot of times I find inspiration um, in films. Like I love watching old movies. I love watching international films or whatever, and just trying to get, gain some inspiration from how um, the characters were styled and, and sort of seeing how that resonates with me. I think if any of us see an outfit or something that kind of like rings true with us personally, um, you know, either write it down or make a little mental note or hop on Pinterest or Google and say, you know, put those three things in the, in the search bar and see what you find and then start creating a little vision board for yourself. I've actually, I've actually been doing this much more intentionally lately. And I find it really helps me when I'm starting to feel like, oh, I have somewhere to go. I don't know what to wear. I'm so confused. And, um, I don't want to get too much in my head. I just want to feel like myself. So I'm going to go look at my little folder and then say, oh yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I, I want to wear this and this and this, and I'm going to feel great. And I don't have to think about my outfit the rest of the day. Um, so I think we all do kind of tend toward a certain style in particular, but I never like to put anyone in a box and say, because I think magazines do that all the time. Um, they'll say, oh, this is the preppy, and this is the feminine, and this is the rocker or punk, and this is the... And I have to be honest with you, I like all of them. <laughs> so sometimes it's hard when you're like, oh, but I want, you know, I want her necklace with her shoes and her coat and, and it can look like you're going across the whole page. So I think um, even if you do see articles like that in a magazine, okay, what are you picking out and why and how would you make that your own? Um, and I think going, going simple with, a, with some sort of a uniform is kind of my go-to. So for me, I love denim, some sort of top, some sort of jacket, and either a great boot, great pair of shoes, and then accessories, right? So that's kind of like my self-imposed uniform. 
Some women love to wear a dress and they just look fabulous in a dress and they can throw it on with a great pair of shoes and some accessories and that's how they feel their best. I think kind of thinking about what are my go-to pieces where I feel really beautiful. Um, and, and if that's, you know, Adidas track pants and some killer sneakers and like a great denim jacket, then that might be your uniform. And I think just taking some time to think about what you gravitate toward and what you actually feel confident in, because I think the piece, the confidence piece is really important. Like when we, you know, when you don't feel good in something you're wearing, (laughs) right? Because whoever you're talking to or whoever you're seeing that day, all you're thinking about when they're talking is, oh my gosh, my skirt, it's like, it's not comfortable. I keep having to tug at it or my shirt is too low. So I keep like readjusting and fixing my straps and fixing my bra. And it's like, we don't want that to be part of our life. We want to just go out and be able to serve and be who we are and not think about our clothes so much, you know, just make it an easier kind of part of our day where we throw it on and we just go about the rest of our day. Um, so I think kind of honing in on what is, what is, what is my style and what, what are the pieces that I feel really great in? And then going from there of like actually going out and shopping for them or, or whittling down your closet and getting rid of all the stuff that really doesn't make you feel that great. And just saying, okay, I'm going to pass this on and do a donation or, or sell it on Poshmark or, or whatever that, you know, a resale site of some type, um, so I guess long answer to that is, is kind of figuring out what your vision is for, for what you love. And I think we, we do this as women with our homes. We do this with how we want to parent our kids. Like we all have a vision. It's just a matter of taking some time to really think about it and, and give yourself some space and maybe grab some books at the library or go pick up a few magazines and, um, and spend a little time really being intentional about what you want to wear and how you want to put yourself out into the world. Because personal style really is nothing more than sort of telling a story about who we are with our clothing, you know, and, and using that as, as a way to express ourselves both as, as playful as we want to be, as serious as we want to be, as more, you know, tailored or flowy or, you know, all the whole gamut of, of different clothing types, but also just keeping in mind that that really does speak to who we meet in our day. And, and, um, and when we have that confidence in our outfit and in ourself, um, then we're not thinking about ourselves. We're just thinking about who we can, who we can speak to, who we can serve, how we can serve our families, um, and just sort of move on from the style piece of it, if you know what I mean. That kind of reminded me of a story of how I met one of my good friends about seven years ago is that I just saw her outfit I was like, oh my gosh, she's so fashionable. And I guess she liked something that I was wearing too. I, I don't even really remember what I was wearing. <laughs> we both were wearing something leopard and bonded over that or something. But we just mutually admired something that we were wearing. And and then, you know, that, that actually turned into uh, a really good friendship. And so we're really good friends. And I just went to her wedding last month. And oh. it's funny to think that that's, that's how we first met. So I just love that. And then and then when you're talking about the uniforms, that also reminded me of a different story when, uh, so my, my outfit sounds like it's sort of similar uh, to yours, you know, your, uh, what did you call it? Your, your uniform. Uh, if I, mm-hmm. I always tend to go for like skinny jeans and like a nice blouse and boots or like cute sneakers or something. But whenever I venture up into LA, I don't know if you've been to LA before, but I have not. <laughs> Man, I am out of place. Like everyone in LA just dresses so funky. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, to me, it's like if I went into my closet and sorry if anyone from LA is listening or has a style because I admire it. I just can't replicate it because one of my sisters does this. It just, to me, it seems like you go into your closet and you like close your eyes and pick out two random pieces of clothing and put it on and accessorize it. But then they look so cool. And I'm like, how? (laughs) (laughs) And then then I feel out of place. I'm like, I'm just wearing jeans and a cute blouse. And it's kind of boring, but I feel good in it. But I'm not cool like you. (laughs) So, you know, what's so funny. I just talked about this with my daughter. So she's five, about to turn six. And she loves clothes, I think, more than me. Like, she she finds so much joy, like what you were saying about your daughter, like so much joy 
from a sparkly dress, so much joy from a beautiful headband. And we'll just be like, mama, I just, I feel so nice in my dress today. I just feel so twirly. And, um, and our styles are very different. I love like, um, an all black head to toe outfit. I love a little bit of leather. I love, you know, funky jewelry and, and maybe more heavy, pieces and, um, and, and maybe more of like a pared down color palette. And my daughter is like a little walking anthropology catalog. Like she loves mixing prints and bright and textures and she'll just put it all together. And it still is like such a statement. And it says so much about her heart. And I remember one day we were out somewhere shopping and she said, well, mama, why wouldn't you wear this dress? And I just, my heart was like, oh dear, here we go. <laughs> um, and I said, honey, you know, that is a Cecilia dress. Her name is Cecilia. I'm like, that is, that is a dress that when I see that, I just think of you because that just reminds me of you. But I said, if mama wore that dress, I wouldn't feel like myself. And, um, and I, so I picked up something else and I was like, if I wore this dress, I would feel like mama. And I was like, so we have different styles. And I said, we both love clothes. We both love fashion, but our styles are different and that's okay. We can like still love getting dressed together and going out somewhere and maybe dressing a little differently. Like we don't have to dress the same and there's nothing wrong with what you love. And there's nothing wrong with what I love. And she kind of had this moment of like, huh, oh, (laughs) you're right. Like, (laughs) you know, we do dress differently, but we both do love clothes. One of my friends, she has more of a bohemian style and I'm tend to be like more of a classic style, I guess, you know, pearls, all that. Um, But again, like not necessarily in a box, but one time we just went to Macy's and I was like, you pick out something for me and I'll pick out something for you. And we were both just very shocked with what we picked (laughs) out. I was like, I would have never even seen this on the rack. And she was like, I would have never even seen this on the rack. I literally, all I picked out for her was like a it was a turquoise sheath dress. It was like, to me, it's like, oh, this is so boring. And she's like, oh, I love it. It's so classic. And then she picked out for me this jumpsuit that was like black and white uh, design on it. And I was like, I literally did not see that on the rack, even though it was like right in front. It's like not my style. <laughs> and then that. we would just wear each other's, you know, little outfit that we picked out. And it was fun. It was just like, you know, it was like our outfit that we would wear if we just wanted to kind of feel different or mix it up or something. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's where like the style, our, our style evolves over the, over the years. Like I remember in, in high school and college, just feeling like I didn't really know my style. I didn't really know my body. I didn't know what looked good. I didn't know what was flattering or, or how to wear certain shapes and, um, And it took me a really long time of experimenting. I mean, I remember just wearing stuff and, you know, you see yourself in a photo and you go, oh no, that is not, I'm not repeating that one. Like that one's not happening again, you know? Um, Or you, you have the other, the other uh, outcome of someone saying like, you look great. Like what's going on with you? Like was something different? You cut your hair and you're like, no, I'm just wearing jeans that like make me feel like a superwoman, you know? (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, you know, and, yeah, no, that's so important. And it comes through. So, um, and I think just to go back to the worthy of wearing thing, it's like, how do we take that time for ourselves every day, take that time to kind of edit our closet into a, a really powerful group of, of clothing that is just really speaks so loudly about who we are um, and kind of letting go of the rest, letting go of the stuff that we think we should wear you know, or letting go of the stuff that we think is, um, you know, oh, well, I got it on sale and it was like a designer piece and, you know, I should probably hold on to it. It's like, well, if you're not wearing it and you don't feel great in it, you know, pass it on, maybe, maybe do a clothing swap, maybe, you know, say, (laughs) you know, hope that the next owner, it brings them a lot of joy, um, if you're donating it or something like that. And, and, um, really allowing ourselves to be 100% authentically, who we are, because, you know, clothing is so personal. Unfortunately, we get it a lot for gifts and things like that. So it's really hard. Um, But really just making, making your closet work for you. So that way, when you get up in the morning, it doesn't take you 30 minutes of trying on six different outfits. 
to get ready, you know, just knowing like, okay, I go for these three things. I feel great. And I'm going to get out the door and get on with my day. And for the mom who's on a budget or trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to make her wardrobe look better or different on a budget. We actually filmed a really good podcast with your co-founder of Verily Magazine, Janet Easter, and episode 11 on fashionable thrifting. So if anyone's listening, wants to get some tips on thrifting, you can go back and check that episode out as well. Uh, Well, I really enjoyed our conversation on fashion, how to be a fashionable mom and find your style. Uh, I would love to switch gears now to you and your life as a mom. So if you wouldn't mind sharing, um, you know, I guess what has been your biggest struggle so far in your motherhood journey? Yes. Um, well, I think, I think my biggest struggle was, um, was coming out of all of those years of being sick and trying to kind of rebuild and figure out what I wanted my life to look like as a woman, um, that also had talents outside of motherhood, but also wanting to be a great mother to my daughter. Um, So I started to really just attack like that part of my life and say, I want to be better in all the things. I want my health to be better. I want my, my, my parenting to be better. I want to be a better wife. And so I just kind of threw myself into really a lot of like self learning, like reading a ton of books, seeing what resonated with me and, um, and trying to get out of that, that, that limiting mindset of like, well, I'm, I'm stuck. You know, I think it's, it's hard to feel like you have upward mobility when you have a little baby that relies on you for everything. And you can feel like you're sort of lost in the daily tasks. And I think I felt like that for a long time. Um, as much as I always wanted to be a mom. I think that was the most surprising thing. I wanted to be a mom from when I was a tiny little person. (laughs) I just couldn't wait. Um, And I babysat every chance I could get. And then all of a sudden I brought this little girl home, this little perfect angel. And I thought, oh my gosh, I better not screw this up, (laughs) you know? Um, And I think the pressure of that was um, felt insurmountable to me, but I think it took a lot of like personal development and, and work on accepting myself and sort of detaching from perfectionism to say, how do I be, how do I accept my failures, my past, my, my mistakes, and really just move forward and try to give this little girl and my future children, you know, God willing, a beautiful life. Um, and, and so it, it was really like a healing of like mind, body, soul. And I think, um, you know, thanks be to God, I was able to really heal and, um, and just feel much more confident in who I was. Uh, And, and as far as like being a mom, I just started to own it, you know, and, and let that mama bear instinct come out a little bit. And, um, and I embraced it instead of trying to squash it. And I think that not only helped me be a better mom to my daughter, but it also helped me to um, kind of recover that identity that I felt like I lost um, in, in those first few years of motherhood. Well, that's the perfect answer because also you already answered our last question that we uh, ask all of our guests. And that's, you know, tying into our motto of a time that you realize it's okay to not be a perfect mom and okay to be a good one instead. So you answered it with that question. And that's, that's so important, you know, to find your true identity and, and embrace it too, as you said. So I love that so much. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and talking with us about fashion and your life and sharing it with us. And where can listeners follow you if they want to connect with you? Well, thank you so much for having me. It was just wonderful to to have this conversation. Um, If anyone would like to come along and join um, in the community on Instagram, my handle is NM, like Nicole Marie Caruso, um, C-A-R-U-S-O. And I also have a website um, where I write different things about motherhood and style and beauty and healthy living, um, which is NicoleMCaruso.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks, Emily.